welcome to the Bank on Women podcast, the show about issues facing women in banking and anything else we can think of. And now, your host, Jennifer Pestikas. Hey, Jen. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Hey, Jason. How are you? Yeah, good. Here we go. As you heard me say in the setup, it's about issues facing women in banking and everything in between. And this show would probably go in the everything in between category. I never thought we would talk about this, but I thought it was really appropriate. So uh, my daughter recently uh, just had a lemonade stand, actually a series of lemonade stands in front of our house. And I got to be honest, when, I, when she said, hey, mom, I want to do a lemonade stand, I was like, okay, first of all, she's not going to do it, so whatever. Um, or that she didn't make much money at it. And she was just, you know, I was just kind of entertaining her. So we went and bought the lemonade, and we got the pitcher and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I honestly didn't know if she would have kind of the guts to go through it. You know, not that I don't believe and love her, of course, as her mom. But, you know, I mean, kids say stuff all the time. And then, you know, it becomes kind of a, a passing fad, and then they're on to the next thing. So I thought that the lemonade stand might just, uh, you know, be kind of a, a passing fancy and that all that lemonade would sit on the shelf until uh, next year. So I thought that's what we could talk about today. And not just the lemonade stand itself, but as I was watching her, you know, I got a really cool idea. I'm like, hey, let's talk about this on the show because I noticed some things that she was doing kind of instinctively that I have to be honest, I would have never done as a kid. So, uh, so, so on, Jason, on your side, did you ever have a lemonade stand as a kid? I think we all did. We set ours up on my mother's ironing board uh, without asking her, spilled lemonade all over the ironing board, maybe sold four Dixie cups worth of lemonade and walked out of there, I think, with a dollar and went and played video games. That was, and our business, our, we were in business for exactly, I think, an hour. So that was it for me. In, uh, in Bear County, my lemonade stand history is, is not very good. I'm glad your daughter didn't call me asking for advice. <laughs> yeah, so, so when she held her lemonade stand, so I'll just start here because people are probably wondering, you know, well, how much money did she actually make on this lemonade stand? I or can't stand, wait right? to find out. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just tell you. We'll just put the spoiler up front. So she's made about $40 um, at three Holy lemonade cow. stands. I know. Like, and the first one was like $22. And when she came in, I was like, no way. And then she's like uncrumpling all of this money. And I'm like counting it with her and recounting it. And I'm like, wow, 22 bucks. So she's made, you know, she's quite a little entrepreneur. And so what she did on hers is um, she made a sign on a poster board, like almost all kids do. Right. And it's so cute. It had crayons and markers and you know, we had a card table in the basement, an old one, you know, for, you know, uh, for events and things like that. And then she just sat with a bag chair and that, you know, card table and, and you know, the magic started to happen. So, uh, so yeah, that was really what, you know, what she scored was $40 after three. So I, if, if the weather holds, I'm wondering if she's going to get even higher. I was going to say, I think I might want to franchise that business down here. $40, that is, that is not bad considering I make about two dollars and fifty cents for the podcast over here no i'm just kidding $40, i couldn't even do the math i think that's 120 video games back in the day when it was a quarter apiece i'm sure that math is wrong uh which is why i host the podcast not work at a big financial brand the way you do but you obviously saw something when you were watching this transpire and evolve that made you think hmm this could have some relevance to our bank on women podcast tell us about that 
Yeah, so there were a couple things that I saw her doing that um, were like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to make a mental note. And, you know, I told my husband that I was like, hey, I'm going to talk on our show about this. And he's like, what? But, you know, I, I, I do think there are some relevant things to, you know, women in our industry. So the first one that I noticed is that she did not give up. So you know, things were slow, and I was, you know, sitting on the porch waiting for her to be like, Mom, I'm, I'm out of here, right? And, you know, there were many times where things were slow or, you know, things, she wasn't making any headway in periods, but she didn't run in and, and pack it up and say, I'm done with this lemonade stand. She would, you know, wait until someone would walk by or ride their bike by her stand. And I think for me, especially this year has been so hard. You know, I mean, every year has got its challenges, but this year has been super hard. And I, I, you know, I'm, I've been pretty forthcoming on this show, and you know, I can't even count the number of times that me I, I quit something too early because I didn't think I had the right credentials, or I needed to know more, or I just didn't have the patience. And I got to be honest, you know, if my husband were here, he would say, "You do not have any." And so I'm still learning. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, she just was really, it was really cool to see that, you know, she she stuck it out and and the average time she was at the lemonade stand was between an hour and like over two to two and a half hours which is pretty long oh, for wow. an eight-year-old right yeah Absolutely. and so um it was a good reminder for me maybe when things are getting tough or maybe i'm a little you know fearful to stick it out and to you know keep on keeping on right so that's the first one that uh that i that i you know thought would be really helpful for our audience and then the other one uh, that comes to mind more immediately is that um, she asks without absolute fear, Jason. And, you know, isn't it funny mm-hmm. how kids just say, you know, they say kids say the darndest things, right? So my daughter is, you know, you know, like many kids, she has no fear of rejection, right? So she would ask every person walking by, you know, whether they were interested, not interested. She was confident, and she didn't worry if they were on a bike or they were driving by or you know, working in their yard, you know, whatever. And so she didn't think about, you know, what if they say no or what if I fail? And, I mean, how many times, you know, do we think that, oh, you know what, I'm not even going to ask. And, and we have a whole show on this, you know, well, what if I fail, I'm not going to ask. Or right. We over-anticipate, you know, and then we don't even try. So if we don't try, obviously we don't have any success, right? So. You know, on my side, one of the questions I had for you is, um, you know, have you ever been in a situation where you psyched yourself out maybe before a show or another project because you were anticipating a a negative outcome in advance? Well, I don't know that I can say any particular podcast, but what I can tell you, which is kind of on the flip side of that, is when I first started my business, I, this is going to sound so old school. I opened up the Yellow Pages and called the first two financial brands that I came across, Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union and Broadway Bank, and said, hey, my name is Jason Dias. I've got an hour-long session on generational marketing and management that I think you'll enjoy. And both said, that sounds interesting. Come on over. And they both became clients right away. And I thought, wow, hmm. this is going to be easy. There has never been another day where I've called a financial brand, as you can well attest, and have been told, absolutely, we're in. It never happened again. You know, you had to keep calling it back. You had to keep following up. You had to, had to keep asking. And so I think starting the way I did with those two early yeses actually gave me too much confidence. And you talk about patience. I would run out of patience with people and give up on people before I gave them a chance to even give up on me. Like, well, if you can't see a good idea, 
when you when you hear one, mm-hmm. I'm moving on. And that is something that I've struggled with my entire career. Yeah, I think that's a really relevant um, example. You know, I know that you're self-employed, but, you know, I've had projects where, you know, I may not have had confidence, and then I said, hey, I need somebody else to do it, or I couldn't lead it. And then afterwards, I was kicking myself because, you know what, I, I could have done it. You know, I, I had the yeah. credentials to do it. I had the education to do it. So that was just one that I thought that, you know, women in our audience, you know, as a reminder for them, you know, don't over-anticipate the negative. You know, sometimes you just got to go for it and, you know, just ask without fear, just like my, my daughter did. I understand it's lemonade right. versus maybe a big project or a business, but I still think the same, you know, lesson applies. Well, what are the things that you learn by observing this? Yeah, so... You know, the other one that I feel is hilarious, and I think only, like, you know, maybe a kid could do this. You know, maybe all of us could learn from this, I guess, is that my daughter, I noticed something she was doing. So before her lemonade stand, she would watch out of our lemonade, or out of our living window, rather, to see, you know, because, you know, like every neighborhood, and we're in the suburbs, right? So in the burbs, you know, you might see a company come by that's working on a house. Let's say they're cutting the lawn or, you know, someone's outside playing with their kids. You know, it could be anywhere. But she just was looking for, quote, unquote, action out in our neighborhood. And she <laughs> instinctively knew, right, maybe I am raising a marketer. I don't know. She instinctively knew it would be easier for her to sell, like, her lemonade product if there were people outside already. So, again, with me being in marketing, I especially, this one's near and dear to my heart. Maybe, again, it's passed in the genetics. You know, I, um, I have to present a lot of my ideas and project ideas to upper management. And, you know, I've tried to pitch pro- projects or ideas, you know, and I'm not observing, like, when the right timing is. And um, I just pitch it on my own timing, right? Like, oh, it's got to be now or you know, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's on my timeline. And, you know, inherently, you know, I crash and burn because I'm not really observing or asking the right questions to pitch, pro, you know, projects or ideas at the right time. So I would say that, you know, my daughter knew that, there, you know, the timing of, our, you know, there was a timing to things. And so that's one that um, I thought was really, you know, specifically very important and that was a really good learning and then the other one that I'm still learning is that, this one is really hard for me, is that she knew when to stop, so she didn't overdo mm. it. So, you know, like the first lemonade stand, when she came in and she was so excited, and she's like, oh, mom, I got $22. She wasn't actually done with her lemonade stand, and she was probably about two hours in, and she comes in with this big, you know, wad of dollars and stuff like that. Because, again, inflation, you know, this kid was charging a dollar <laughs> per cup of lemonade. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, I don't know about you're hired, but <laughs> 25, yeah, cents. like, you know, yeah, 25 cents, you know, you know, I talked to my mom and she's like, I remember when it was a nickel. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, she's bringing in, you know, the cash and, you know, me, she, you know, I'm like, well, keep on going, you know, as I counted the $22 and she looks, you know, she looks at me and she goes, mom, no, I'm done for today. And wow. I had to do everything in my power to hold myself back from, you know, being like, no, 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 keep going. Because you know, if you're success, like if you're successful now, you'll be more successful with another hour and yet another, you know, let's stay out a little longer. And it was almost like, you know, I don't know, you know, if you've observed this in kids, but it's almost like she knew when she was full, right? She was hmm. done, quote unquote, with the project. 
And for me, I have not learned this lesson. And um, I will, you know, if it's successful, then, you know, I think success begets more success. And let's work a little harder. And um, I think the lesson here is just knowing when you're, you know, when you're done for the day or you need a break, um, rather than working yourself to potential, you know, pulp, you know, or potential burnout, like I've mentioned on the, the show before, and um, I was just noting maybe for a future show that we could do a whole other conversation on just knowing when you need to take a break and, you oh, know, yeah. honor absolutely. rather than, you know, overriding your, your own body and mental signals, right? So, um, you know, Jason, on your side, you have mentioned in a couple of shows, um, I know you've mentioned golf, I know you've mentioned music, and it's been cool to get to know that about you. You know, how do you know when it's time to stop as, you know, a self-employed person? You know, how do you know when it's, when it's like, it's, it's quitting time? I've been very good, and maybe it's because I don't have as much drive as Charlotte, your daughter, does. But I've been pretty good <laughs> about, wrap, I, about wrapping it up at 5 o'clock. You know, I grew up as a, as a Gen Xer in the 20th century where the workday ends, you know, in the 5 o'clock hour. Now, you know as well as I do, Jen, self-employed people sometimes all have a client on the left coast that, that's calling in. But I've done, you know, for the 15 years I've been in business, I can count on one hand the number of podcasts I've recorded after the 5 o'clock hour. I try to be very, very good about that. I work from home. I am responsible for a lot of the meal preparation. I've also enjoyed being outside taking care of the yard, which was something I didn't always do. Sometimes I would outsource that to uh, uh, my father-in-law, and now I enjoy doing that. I enjoy being out there, especially Mm -hmm. when the weather is fine. And so I, I do use kind of a conventional 20th century clock that, okay, five o'clock, the day is over, there's no one left to call, you've done everything you need to do, and, and I take those other breaks throughout the day, you know, a little music here at 10 a.m. or during lunch hour. Yesterday I was really into this uh, song I was playing to with my uh, acoustic guitar and really enjoying that, and I did that for an hour flew by, and I was like, wow, you know, it's, it's a great thing to spend an hour standing up and kind of moving around. And so for me, though, it is primarily what we used to refer to as banking hours, you know, at 5 o'clock, I think, okay, time to put the phone away, close the computer, but I'm very guilty of right before I go to bed checking anything else come in after that 5 o'clock hour. But I I pretty much operate on that standard old 20th century, you know, 9 to 5, 8 to 5 kind of vibe. Yeah, no, um, I've had to force myself. And I think, you know, with my kids, I think they really have helped me kind of force that schedule. But the one thing I have to be careful of is like the double shifts, right? So, you know, right. coming back yeah. after 8 or 8.30, you know, like you said, checking again and, and just being a little bit more disciplined to give yourself, I think, uh, a well-deserved break, I think is just so, so important. Well, I do want to ask you, one of the things that fascinated me when, when you sort of, you painted that beautiful visual picture for I can just see her in that little eight-year-old hand uncrumpling all of that money and $20 to an eight-year-old has got to feel like a million dollars in your hand. I'm fascinated because I haven't had a single dollar bill in my wallet maybe all year. I don't carry any cash almost ever. So I'm actually very fascinated that she got that. And it sounds like when, when she realized she had, she had made enough money, she just said, hey, it's time to celebrate my wins. So tell us about that part of it. Yeah, no, she, uh, she came in super proud, and she says, hey, you know what, Mom, I really want to go to good old Target. <laughs> so I kind of live there. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay, you know. 
we geared up, you know, put our masks on, and, you know, she wanted to get a reward with that, right? And, wow. again, you know, I was like, you deserve it. You know, like, and then we went out that same, uh, you know, that evening, right? It was a Saturday, and we went out, and um, she celebrated, and she bought herself a toy and went through the, you know, the aisle and, you know, paid with her cash and even told, wow. like, you know, how kids are. She tells the lady at the, the checkout register at Target, you know, hey, I, I earned this, right? I was in the lemonade stand. I'm surprised she didn't ask her if she wanted lemonade for, you know, maybe an oh, yeah. IOU or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I just thought it was, you know, finally a, a great reminder, you know, that for me, you know, again, like as a busy professional, you know, it's often on to the next, on to the next, on to the next project, right. on to the ne- next task, accomplishment, rather than kind of taking stock of what we've completed. And, um, you know, I think that this year, <laughs> I think this year especially, like, hey, let's take stock of the small wins, right? Like, we've made oh, it yeah. this far, you know, for, for parents that have kids. Like, we've made it through, you know, a semester or two almost of, you know, e-learning. Or, you know, it's just been hard because, you know, a lot of people in our audience are essential workers working in financial institutions. And, you know, it's been really hard to balance everything. So I think that it's really important, you know, this year or any other, um, to, to honor your wins and to celebrate those. And I, that's what, the main reason I thought this was an appropriate topic is because, you know, we've already been busy, but now we're entering a traditionally really busy season with the end of the year. So, so right. let's celebrate, you know, our wins. Let's celebrate. Uh, how, how have you celebrated, you know, some of the wins that you've had this year? I had a couple real, I don't, I don't mean to say not big monetarily, but just I had some big wins right before the shutdown. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Everything happened right before everything kind of shut down. And like you said, timing is everything. And I'm glad I had those because, you know, in the middle of March and April, had I called you and said, hey, Jen, I want to talk to you about some branded podcasts for your banking brand, you would have told me this is not the time. And so my, mm-hmm. my rediscover, rediscovering of golf has been how I've rewarded myself. On a Wednesday afternoon, I don't feel pressure to be on the phone, to be calling to people, to be following up. I feel like I did my work early in the year, and I've had some wins since then. But that's how I've celebrated my wins, is going out to the golf course maybe once a week and just enjoying it, not looking at my phone, not worrying about email, just going old school, unplugged, digital detox. And for me, it's like you've got this repeat business. So for me, I've celebrated with time, giving myself three or four hours Mm. on a Wednesday afternoon. And when I'm out there, and it's very beautiful right now in Texas in terms of weather, I just look around and say, you know, this is good. I'm glad I earned this. I know there are some people that are struggling, and I don't ever forget that. But um, that's how I've done it for myself. And I know it sounds a bit patrician to say, oh, you went out to the golf course. But it is. It is a time away from the computer. It is a time away from social media, which I believe I have no business spending as much time as I do on some of these social media sites. So for me, that has been my, my, self, my self-reward, if you will. Very cool. Very, very cool. I um. I have been doing a lot of walking, so in the mornings I'm walking. I've actually been finding lots of new hobbies, so um, walking, and I would never have believed this a million years, but I've been making um, scarves. So I've been making gifts for people, creative (laughs) gifts for the holidays all year, and uh, it's been super fun and something I never in a million years thought I would do. So a little bit of moving the body and a little bit of uh, doing something that's not related to the computer is is always a good thing. 
Well, I think it's a wonderful story. Timing, not giving up, not being afraid of failure, which is something I think everybody can relate to, but especially sometimes in banking for women. And so I wanted to ask you, directly relating all of these experiences to women in banking, what are your final thoughts on that? Well, I think that, um, you know, what we talked about, you know, kind of in recap, as you just had mentioned, you know, the idea of not giving up, asking without fear, uh, Mm. knowing your timing, you know, when you're going to pitch a project, um, knowing when to say no and not overdo it, and then finally celebrating your wins. I think these learnings are universal, right? And I think they apply to every woman working in our industry or really any industry today. So I'm really glad and feel very thankful that I was able to share them with, with our audience. And as you could tell, folks, in the in the wrap-up, I forgot the part about asking for help because a typical guy, I never think I need any help with anything. So that's why Jen is here to keep me uh, to keep me focused on that. Jen, this is a great story. Give our congratulations to your wonderful wonderful daughter, Charlotte. Anybody that can make forty dollars selling lemonade has got a bright future ahead of her, whatever she decides. To do, and I think it, I think it is a great lesson for everybody out there. You know, we're in a situation right now where a lot of people have have been put out of work because of the COVID-19 thing. And I always tell people, you'll never fire yourself. And so maybe there are people thinking about starting their own business. Well, it's not that much different than a lemonade stand. Timing it correctly, having the passion for it, not giving up. And so I do believe it applies in every way to people, the adults like us in the room. And so it's a great story. And I thank you so much for sharing it. Hey, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of Bank on Women with Jen Pestikas. And Jen and I want to remind you, it pays to bank on women.